Guys, I'm fucking distraught. I've got a serious confession. A deep, dark, depressing secret. A DDDS for you guys. I need to get it off my chest before this podcast gets underway. You know at the downbeat, we, I say we, it's just me. And maybe if it wasn't just me, this wouldn't have happened. We're trying to do this good quality shit, and we look at my, listen to my voice now. Oh, it's crispy, crispy, velvety tone. Yeah, and that's what we try and do every episode, other than the Will Putney episode. Massive Grammy nominated producer Will Putney sent me a dog shit audio file, which, you know, looking back is funny. Um, but what's happened this week? is that I've had I've got a guest on might as well tell you who the guest is my guest this week is Ed Gamble Ed Gamble is a comedian from the UK he's been you know he's on TV with Mock the Week he has at, at the time of speaking the number one podcast in the UK which is Off Menu with James Acaster where they have a guest on and the guest talks about their dream menu and it's very very funny um so my guest this week is the number one podcaster in the UK. And what I've done, the stupid fucking idiot prick, me, Craig Reynolds, prick extraordinaire, is during the first sentence, that sentence number one of the podcast, I have knocked my microphone or my interface or something and I've converted this glorious velvety tone you hear now into what I can only describe as original Game Boy audio, 8-bit bullshit and I, I can't do anything about it. I've tried to fix it. I've tried... I've tried to tart it up a little bit, bit of lipstick on there, nothing. Um, I would say it brings it down to maybe a nine in terms of content. You know, we're usually a solid ten. It brings it down to sort of other people's podcast level of quality. Maybe, you know, not number one podcast in the UK quality. I mean, like, you know, another metalcore musician has got a podcast, Sounds it's all done on Zoom. So it's one of those episodes that I fucking hate. And I'm sorry, and if you if you pay money to the Patreon, which is www.onlyflams.com, I suggest you cancel that as a punishment to me. Like, my penance should be that you no longer give me the money I need to rent the studio that we're planning to do the TV shit, because what if the shit happens all the time? So I'm actually, you know, all jokes aside, <laughs> deeply depressed about this, because I was very... I mean, maybe... It's not as bad as I think it is, but when I listen to it, it sounds like I'm just farting into the microphone. My guest is being very funny. Ed's a very witty, funny man, and I'm just going... Oh, yeah, just diarrhea down the fucking microphone. It's Ed Gamble on the Downbeat Podcast. Ed Gamble, I pulled in a fucking mate favour for this one. <laughs> because I, I would say you're the most, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to immediately just fucking suck you off straight away. <laughs> the, the most famous non-musician on the podcast. There's not been many non-musicians. I'm sorry, you may be a musician. Well, I was going to, no, I'm not. I'm absolutely not a musician. Uh, but I was going to say, I've looked at who you've had on the podcast. You've not had many non-musicians. So I think being the most famous non-musician who's been on the podcast is, it's not that impressive, is it? I mean, the the strongest man in Canada. 
I mean, you're, the thing is, the problem is that I can't, I can't really get anyone to take it seriously unless they like metal. Right. Because okay. if I if I approach someone I would love to have on the podcast and they look at it and they see the Pentagram logo and they're like, I, what, what do you want me to do here? Yeah, it looks slightly intimidating from an outside perspective, right? I mean, I hope so. That's that's the, that's the idea. I'm going for. That's the good thing about podcasts is you want to make sure that the artwork actively puts people off. Exactly. Exactly. I want people to go, well, I'm not listening to that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. ideal. Um, so we don't, for anyone that's listening, we don't know each other. No. Until this right is now. First time seeing each other's faces. We've texted each other. Uh, very handsome man, aren't you? Well, you too. What a, what a lovely, what a lovely way to kick off a podcast with isn't a bit it, of comp- at, complimentary stuff. That chiseled jaw. It's absolutely insane. Oh, he's been to the gym or something. That's a big five litre bottle of water. Yeah. Trying to stay hydrated in lockdown. You know how it is. What? Working that chiseled jawline out. But we've got a mutual friend of Sam Carter, Samuel David Carter. Yes. And I would never have approached you to come on this because you have an infinitely more successful podcast. And I don't want to be the guy that's like, hi, guy with bigger podcast. Do you want to come on mine and I'll take some of your listeners? Because that's what it is, isn't it? It totally <laughs> is. And I, get, I do get a bit of that. Um, people do ask me to come on the podcast to, I mean, it's just to, I can promote my podcast on here and it's all, you know, we're all one big podcast family, but quite often I'm too lazy to say yes. So you Isn't it? caught me on a good night. One, the one, in fact, I think Sam caught you because I was texting Sam and he was like, you should get a gamble on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'd fucking love to. And he's like, ask him. I was like, I, well, I've got no way of asking him. He was like, I'll ask him. I was like, okay, just make sure it's not like you pulling in some massive favour. Just ask him if he's up for it, and then he's up for it. And then he said you were, and I was like, yes, get him, Sam. Get him. Do the email. Do the fucking whatever we've got to do. <laughs> well, Sam's so lovely. He's a very difficult man to say no to, to be honest. Yes, yes. Also, he sent, he, sent me some, he sent me some merch, so I can't say no now. Oh, that old chestnut. He's very good for <laughs> sending out merch, though, isn't he? Yeah. Just, just get a little text. Do you want anything? I feel like they made too much merch. <laughs> I mean... I mean, that's not a bad place to be when there's no gigs, essentially. I was talking yeah. to, I think it was, I was actually talking to Dan, Architects Dan, mm. the other day, and we were just talking about how, about the whole Royal Albert Hall thing. I'm sure you watched it. Yeah. The, all of this, when it boils down to it, obviously, music is an art form and everything, and we've got stories to tell. But all of it in the music world, at least, everything you do, renting out the Royal Albert Hall, is just so you can sell t-shirts, essentially, because yeah. <laughs> you need you need the money from t-shirts right now. So it's like, okay, so we'll we'll, we'll rent the most prestigious venue in the UK. Um, we'll play you know new song. Obviously, they want to get the new songs out there, but hopefully, then people will buy t-shirts <laughs> so we can survive. It's mad, isn't it? I don't really know how the economics of it works, but I guess is, is it records, records and t-shirts really? I guess well, no touring no, at the not, moment. Not even records. But like physical records, if you sell it like vinyl and t-shirts, essentially is what is what you're hoping to to shift. Yeah, but even then, but yeah, vinyl. But like C, like CDs and digital, the label takes such a big cut. Yeah, it's just fucking might as well be t-shirts. And do you sell t-shirts in comedy? We so we have off menu merch, which is my podcast. We've we've done that. We did a run of four different t-shirts we've got four of our favorite artists to design uh t-shirts for us and um, we did like like tote bags and stuff like that and did we do an apron we did a mug uh, but that's the first 
<laughs> aprons are fucking shout. That's yeah, yeah, so I've got sick. to do an apron. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the first time I've ever done any merch. It's difficult. I think some comedians do merch, but like the bigger comedians who are doing like big arena tours. So you know, you turn up and you can buy. It. But who wants? I wouldn't wear a comedian t-shirt. Like, yeah, I would it be like just their face? Yeah, it's like their face or like a line from the show or like a catchphrase Ooh, if they like it. Oh, and I, you're not, I'm not going to wear it, so I'm, I wouldn't make it. But the off-menu stuff is cool because we got like, obviously I managed to sneak a sort of black metal design in there as well. Yes. Um, but we, yeah, we got, we got some really cool stuff made. But I think for my stand-up, it'd be weird. Well, you just have like Ed Gamble and then my face. It's bizarre. It reminds me of... The extras episode when everyone in the crowd is wearing the... That's exactly what it is. The slogans, yeah. Yeah, and he looks at the people wearing the T-shirts, he's like, this is not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I could watch it all day. Um, The Black Metal T-shirt, did you get a legit designer? So we got Ian Seller, who is a brilliant tattoo artist uh, and graphic designer from Bristol, uh, and he's done three of my tattoos, uh, and he's really good, and he gets it. And he's like a comedy fan uh, and a metal fan. So I just thought it was perfect. So we got, so there's a running joke on the podcast that I love cheese boards and James Acaster absolutely hates them. So we got like me and like hooded up with corpse paint on and then his head chopped off on a plate with like fondue in the, in the skull. That's so sick. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. I like that you're out there with how much you like metal. Again, I wouldn't have even bothered I'm hoping, because at the end of the day, anyone that listens to podcasts knows, I wish I was a comedian. But what, <laughs> I do, but what I do have is like a cool platform. But you've had Corey on off menu. Yes. Obviously, technically, with this being not fest, I guess without, I guess he's technically my boss overall, but not really. But do you know what I mean? There's, there's a, if, I if was he, hoping. If he called you up and told you to do something, you'd probably have to do it, right? Yeah. It, well, if he said... Ed Gamble episode, delete it now because <laughs> of, of the shit you're about to say in about 10 minutes time and completely defame the whole NotFest not platform. <laughs> so I, when Sam said you might be up for it, I was like, oh, I could, I, could, I want to be a comedian, but maybe he wants to be in the metal world so I could steal him for a fucking... Yeah, exactly. Well, no, there is, there's an element of that, definitely. I love chatting about metal. I like speaking to people in bands and stuff. So, yeah, that, that, if this was any other genre, if this was a hip-hop podcast, I'd probably... Oh, actually, no, I like hip-hop as well. I've just, look, I don't have much on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of not having much on, like, where are you, where are you from? Where are you based now? So I'm based. There's two in, questions. I've given you two questions. In I would one get, well, they're sort of both. I mean, London is the answer for both of them. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm based in East London now, but I grew up in Southwest London. So I haven't I haven't really moved very far. Uh, but yeah, so pretty much London all my life. I went to uh, I went to uni in the northeast. So I lived there for three years. But apart from that, I've always lived in London. Yeah, not very exciting. So, the most sort of bland, middle class uh, like suburban upbringing. I mean, it's still a lovely place, though, isn't it? I would mm. love, I'd love to be. I'd love to live in London. Where are you? I think. I mean, funnily enough, I'm in Glasgow. I'm in Scotland's London. I mean, Glasgow is beautiful, though. I'm big, big Glasgow fan. That's a whole, whole different story. Like how I'm here, which yeah. you don't, you don't need to know this. It's everyone that's listening already knows the tumultuous circumstances that have led to me 
being right. lock, locked down in Glasgow, but I'm loving it. Um, Good. So that, that's my next question was going to be, I don't have any questions, by the way. I'm just trying to be like Fine. slightly professional. In my head, I've got three ways that we're going to do this. We're going to do Ed Gamble, the man. Why is he what he is and sure. how he does, right? <laughs> then we're going to do the podcasting side of things. Yeah. Because you're, you're big, big fucking shot podcaster. And then we'll do the metal, which will be the, if this was off menu, that would be the main, you know? Yes, got you, got you. Just see what I've done there. I've used your podcast. But we're going to put the main. At, we're going to put the main at the end. Yeah, well, there'll be no no dessert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Okay. Well, this is going to be a very disappointing audio meal for everyone. <laughs> well, no the, the, the analogy is fucking dead in the water. Um, <laughs> so. What the fuck are you doing in lockdown? Like, um, uh, is podcasting your main thing? Yeah. Or have you got other shit going on? No, for sure. I mean, lockdown one was, I mean, obviously mad for everyone. But I was doing a lot of podcasting. I was doing online gigs uh, for a bit, which I now have refused to do. Oh, go on, um, go on. Come well, on, I thought, stay I on thought that I'd, for a little bit. I thought I'd, you know, it's a new thing and the novelty of it. I thought I'd give them a go. Um, but they were just kind of bleak. Some people are really good at them, but no one really knew how to put them on properly. Um, so some of them, you could hear the audience. Uh, you could hear everyone watching, so they'd all have their mics on in the Zoom, but it was kind of kind of distracting. How many people? Well, sometimes like you'd have 100 people or 200 people, and you could hear all of them, which was obviously too much. So oh, some, my God! Some, Who okay this? The thing is, like, obviously, like, people wanted to keep going and they wanted to sell tickets and they wanted to keep the gigs going, which is great. And that, I was happy to do them for that. But then there was some where there was, like, a front row. So there would be, like, eight or nine people on the Zoom with you. So you could see faces and you could get reactions and stuff. And that was kind of okay. But then I did quite a few where the compare would be on the Zoom and they'd be like, please welcome Ed Gamble. And then you'd have to, like, hit... Yeah, unmute yourself and put your video. This is like on. a black. This is like a black mirror episode. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, getting totally fuck, yeah. my my asshole is going <laughs> just thinking about fucking doing that. Do you, you have, have to... like Zoom PTSD from that? I mean, I, so I... the ones the ones where you couldn't hear anything. So the ones where you just went onto the Zoom and you could only really see your own face and you were doing jokes and getting nothing back because everyone was on mute. <laughs> were oh proper you weren't, i mean it wasn't just ptsd it was tsd <laughs> and i i think i need i worked out with gigs i need the journey there and i need the journey back to fully enjoy it because i was like doing the gig not having any adrenaline because it was no build-up i just have dinner and then come up so, and do a gig <laughs> fucking full-on pasta meal yeah <laughs> and then i'd like you know shut the laptop and just go back downstairs again so there was no like <laughs> adrenaline flow or anything it was kind of kind of made you feel a bit dead inside so i saw i'm doing less and less of those now yeah that sounds horrible yeah so that was pretty horrible but podcasting's all fine over zoom i've enjoyed that and I've, you know, I've dipped my toe into trying to do some other projects, you know, you know, start writing a book, start writing a sitcom, that kind of thing. But they're very, very early stages. That was just knocking around ideas. But yeah, do you get the guilt? Right. Do you get the guilt of, oh, I've been thinking about doing a sitcom. If I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. I've got all this fucking time. Totally. But I get the guilt as well, because I would 
say, yeah, oh, I've got a full week now. I don't even have any podcasts. I'm literally just at home. I should be able to make a good crack on this. And then you get to Thursday and you're like, well, I've done nothing. I'm a useless piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. All the time yeah. I get that. Um, but it's... lockdown two, I've not, I've, I've let that go. I'm not, I'm yeah, not being guilty I'm anymore. sailing through this one. The last one, absolute mental breakdown. Like, what? <laughs> really, really didn't come out of that last one. This one, I'm like, this is fucking, what, three yeah. weeks, Boris? Three weeks? Fuck yeah, it. We can, ha- we can handle fine. that. The thing is, when we came out of lockdown one, they started putting gigs back on because they could work out a way of doing... Uh, some gigs were inside a little bit later on, but then they had some outdoor gigs in the summer. Uh, and I did drive-in gigs. I did like four driving gigs, which let me tell you was an even more Black Mirror bleak experience than more uh, TSD. Yeah, so much TSD. Lloyd's TSD. It's Lloyd's TSD, mate, because <laughs> people were honking their horns instead of laughing. No fucking way! I'm gonna fucking smash my MacBook up right now because <laughs> everyone's just sat in their cars, in their bubbles, and then you'd make a joke and they'd all honk. Or flash their lights. Fuck right off. That is fucking... <laughs> I never even thought of the access to buttons. Because yeah. they're doing drive through gigs. Yeah. But the honking. Of course people are going to honk. Yeah. That's, that's how you would show appreciation. Because their part's quite far away. What sort of honk are we talking? Well, this kind of... It's very difficult to get different tones in a honk, right? So... Did people have... Yeah, well, did people, you know, like some people have like a distinctive like jimmy car laugh did you have yeah. like one fucking truck over there that was like <laughs> yeah, yeah but it turns out that was just jimmy car laughing <laughs> <laughs> all right jimmy um yeah that was a bizarre experience I, I don't want to do those again but again i'll do anything once or twice for the novelty but as long as the novelty isn't tsd yeah exactly exactly but now so now like then gigs came back a little bit but they all felt a bit weird so uh because they were trying to obviously get round the um, get round the problems, but social distanced audiences just feels like you've not sold very well. Uh, anything yeah. closer than that, you feel like it's being dangerous. I did what? There's an amazing comedy venue in uh, in North London called the Bill Murray, which is a pub they took over basically and turned it into a little comedy room. Um, and the way they did it, because it's quite a small room, is they put a perspex sheet in front of the stage. Um, so you're basically like essentially wearing a huge body mask yeah. Yeah. to block you off from the audience. The but whole what, stage? Yeah, the whole or front of the just, stage is just a massive perspex sheet hanging from the ceiling. Like um, a Pokemobile, but... Yeah, exactly. It's stage. exactly like a Pokemobile. <laughs> but what they, hadn't, what they hadn't factored in, and it was genuinely funny, um, when the, they turned the stage light on, you could see a perfect reflection of yourself in the Perspex sheet for the whole thing. So I did, I did an hour of comedy this close to my own face. Oi, this is your book. Because this is, <laughs> this is so fucking... Un- like, these are the things that I would never have thought of that like, are problems that have arisen from this very unique situation. Yeah. But the problems in themselves are so fucking funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm kind of proud of stand-up comedy for working out all those different ways of doing it safely but i really hope it doesn't come come to that again i really hope we get that the vaccine sorted and because when the, when that's sorted and we can have proper gigs again it's going to be a fucking laugh same i mean same I with you guys right the general consensus is there's like so we had i mean we had our first cancelled gig was april was a u.s tour which mm-hmm. got canned and it was like 
it's getting moved to July, it'll be fine. And we were like, oh, yeah, cool. And then July comes and it's like, oh, yeah, it's looking more like December. And we're like, yeah, that's fine. And then it got to, like, the fucking peak. And then it was like, okay, gigging is over for 2020, probably 2021. And yeah. then we, they were talking about, there was a lot of, like, booking agents and everyone were just still booking because obviously they have to or else they don't have a job so yeah. they were like in their heads they knew like this is not going to happen but it's either this or i don't sit on my computer do any work yeah so people just kept moving things moving things but then since the vaccine announcement the general under bubble of people talking is festivals maybe next yeah. summer because it's quite easy it's easier to shield and socially distance or whatever and then general consensus is with a vaccine passport type thing where you would get it and then mm-hmm. be able to travel, then international touring could be back yeah. at the end of next year. So, Well, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I'll, I'll take that because in yeah. my head I was like, oh, this is it. It's just done now. Yeah. 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 I mean, that uh, festivals coming back would be incredible. I mean, download would be an absolute, uh, just people are going to go fucking insane, aren't they? People will. People that would have died from the virus will now be dying from, par- from partying. Survived the virus, drank two liters of vodka, dead. But I'd imagine your gigs are pretty like full on anyway, right? The first one back after this, if everyone feels safe, is going to be. It's going to be. It might even just be awful. Something really bad might happen. <laughs> it might, might be quite dark. Yeah, quite sinister. <laughs> um, I think they'll. I think I don't know how they'll work it, but I think in general there might have to be like a tighter. Yeah, you made a funny joke, and now I'm like, actually, I think there might have to be a tighter legislation with the uh, public liability insurance, uh, because obviously, if you like, let's say our singer was a silent carrier or whatever, and he didn't yeah. have the vaccine, and then there's a kid with asthma on the front row, kid with asthma gets it, dies. Like, Randy from Lamb of God told a kid to stage dive. Yeah. The kid did it, died, and then he went to jail. Yeah. Right. Like, let alone coughing an infectious virus onto a kid. So I think someone have to change. So if it does, and there's a real strict public liability thing that every every person at the gig has to sign, I am okay if I die, then the shows are going to be nuts because it'll be like, I want to see everyone stay. You've, you've all signed the paper, yeah? Okay, I want to see everyone climb up and jump off the top of the fucking... <laughs> 5g tower next to the venue i was i actually said to sam recently text we were texting about the first gigs back are going to be amazing can't wait for it and i did have to admit that i'll probably even the first gig back i'll probably still leave about 10 minutes before the end so i missed the rush on the tube oh big time (laughs) (laughs) i'm not staying till the end absolutely i had a um I've told it before on the podcast, but like my favourite band of all time, obviously I love metal and everything, but my favourite band of all time is Radiohead, just mm-hmm. forever. And uh, I managed to get, when they did the Roundhouse like two years ago, I managed to get tickets and obviously Radiohead in a 3,000 cap venue just doesn't happen. And then my mate, when he was sorting it out for me, was like, yeah, so do you want seated or standing? And the kid in me just immediately went, oh yeah, standing, stand, yeah, I ain't seating, standing. I got an hour in, Fucking hated it. My favourite band of all time was like, I want to go home. My back hurts. I could be sat there, up there in the rafters, just watching nicely. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I love it. Live for the rocking, but 
please let, give me a seat. I'm a drummer. I need to sit down. <laughs> I always get I always get standing, but I really I really think I'm going to make the switch soon. I think I saw I've only seen no obviously I went to see Metallica a couple of years ago at Twickenham and obviously got seated there because I'm I'm not going to stand up at Twickenham Stadium. Uh, got to get got to get a seat and then obviously leave before the end. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I did enjoy it. I watched it. It's more like a theatre show at this point, right? Yeah. Especially if you're sat down. I mean, you know, the, the lights were good. There was a lot of... <laughs> the videos were good. The videos were good. I mean, I... What I, songs would you miss if you left 10 minutes before the end with Metallica? Like, but, I, I can't... All I've the, seen Metallica. All the songs that you've probably seen live before anyway. I can't even think what... Because I feel like every time that I've watched Metallica, like... The real bangers, they are dropping them early. Mm-hmm. Master of Puppets is coming out fucking yeah. early. Yeah, they kind of sprinkle them through, right? Um, I mean, if I'm missing Enter Sandman, thank fuck, because I honestly don't care. Sorry. I think I think we did. I think we heard Enter Sandman as we were walking to find a cab, to be honest. What the fuck are they ending with, then? Um, I really want to... I mean, I'm not... That's not me asking remember. you. I can look it up Putting now. you on the spot. Excuse I me, mean, are you a real metal fan? You don't know what Metallica ends with. Yeah, but also, I hate, I hate admitting this as well, because I, I, I am... A, Metallica fan, but also not that bothered. <laughs> yeah, same. There's like, so much shit. I think they bro- they have a lot of amazing stuff, and then a lot of broadly fine stuff. Um, so oh. I'm not like a proper like Metallica obsessive or anything. Yeah, there's like eleven Metallica albums. There's four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so the man Ed Gamble is there. He lives in London. There's no, never any script for my podcast. So yeah. yours has. I can hear that yours has. You know, you got the sparkling water. You got the fucking. Oh sure, whatever. we need a structure because it, it wanders off so easily. Anyway, I mean, like, the, we need the one to come time back I tried it. it. The one time I tried to do structure, it was like the worst episode ever. I, was like, <laughs> I just felt like press, like so. It says here that um, I was just like, no, fuck that. I'll just have a basic idea um so why why are you a comedian <laughs> <laughs> how did it happen i don't want to go fucking too mental but like why do you love metal but you're not a metal musician and how did the com- comedianing come about <laughs> that word uh i am not naturally musically talented Anyway, so I was never going to be. I was never going to be a musician. I don't think. I did, I just never. You that just was, wrote that off. You wrote it yeah, off. Yeah, I, so. I think so. I think so. It it never appealed to me. Like I love I love watching bands. I love listening to metal. It's never. I've never had that itch to be like. I wish I could make this. I'm perfectly happy to let other people make it, and I enjoy it. Um, nice comedy. It's not like a Zen sort of Buddha vibe. I'm okay <laughs> with. I think my ego's too big. I'm like, I can't comprehend that concept. What, being okay with someone else being better at something than you? Don't but, think so. But I've got no idea how I would make it. So I've literally got no in. I've never... But with comedy, the, the first live comedy I saw when I went to uni, I went to see the sketch group at, at the uni I was at. And I, was, I immediately thought, oh, this is okay. I could do better than that. So that, nice. that I had an idea of what I wanted to do and how I would do it. And it just felt accessible to me, whereas music's never felt accessible. What did you do at uni? Philosophy. Funny. That's the funny man's. That's the funny, the funny one, right? I, I always say, like, because I, I did 
just basically do comedy because we were just writing comedy and rehearsing it and doing shows pretty much for three years. Uh, and then I would do the bare minimum for the course. But I think philosophy is the closest thing you can get to stand-up anyway because it's you're coming up with your own ideas as well as studying other people's thoughts and you sort of have to structure arguments and all of that. And that's all stand-up routines are. It's just a ridiculous idea and then you structure an argument around it. So it felt... Is that how it, is that how it works? Do you think of... Just like you're in the shower and you think something funny and you go, that's funny. And then you don't tweet it. You <laughs> work out around it. Or do you have like a concept of like, well, that's pretty funny. Shall I flesh this out and add it into a picture? Like, I've got no idea how you, how you build like a stand-up. Well, for a start, I would tweet it probably. Good. Because there's so much, there's so much stuff available out there that I don't think there's ever such a thing as burning material anymore, really. Like, not even... Like, it used to be if you did a routine on Live at the Apollo, you couldn't do it live anymore because millions and millions and millions of people had seen it. But now yeah. there's so many different platforms that there's less and less people watching each one. It's so thinly spread that you can probably do a funny idea, tweet it, um, base a routine around that, do it on TV, and then tour that routine. It's not gonna. It's not going to affect nice. things. Yeah, it's all that's right. That's a good... That's a good vote. <laughs> It's a good markup on the joke. Yeah, the money. <laughs> it's like a two hundred percent, two hundred percent return. <laughs> um, I, the way I tend to do things now, I mean, it's chaos. That my my creative process, which is heavily inverted commas around that, is nice. is absolute chaos. I tend to work on things on the stage. I need to I need to gig to be able to write. You just because go out there raw dog and fucking not rip. fully not fully raw dog. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to extend the analogy. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> you can do it. It's I, fine. I've told, I've told insane stories on it. For some reason, never been pulled up on them. Um, not fully raw dog. I, I would... Normally stories, I, w I would pull out. Uh, I would normally... If I've got a story or an idea for a story, I would go on with that and maybe two or three funny things that happened around it. And then I'd just talk... And the way I link it up is improvised and just trying to come up with funny things around it. And that normally works, but I just need to drill that for gig after gig after gig. It's never finished because there could always be another bit I could come up with. So you've got the story basics mm -hmm. and then you just fucking... Yeah. I imagine if you're a funny guy, which you are, extra funny shit happens and then you think in your head, oh, I'll keep that bit on. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's a and bit it's, like making music. It's the same thing. I'll make a drum beat or a riff, and then you go, you sit on it for a while, or you accidentally do something, and you're like, fuck, that's actually cool. I'll yeah. But you wouldn't work on it on stage, though, right? That would fuck everyone else up. Yeah, if, the, if, the drummer started, if the drummer started improvising, wouldn't that fuck hey, everyone up? Some, yeah, some, I've got sections in our set that I'm like, I, I will fucking raw dog a section. <laughs> How does that go, Dan? Usually quite well, but sometimes a big, big flubs happen. I remember in Spain, I was somewhere in Spain, and there was a film where it's like sometimes, sometimes I'll do a blast beat, sometimes I'll do some fucking mad other film. And that night, I'd been drinking the night before, and I hadn't really decided. Usually, when that song starts, I'll decide I'll do the blasty one because I'm feeling quite good now, or I'll do the Philly one. Hadn't decided, got to one second before that film, went. I haven't decided which one, and I just stopped playing. <laughs> I just went, 
and then got back into it. So there was just an empty bar where there yeah. should have been a fill. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it ruined my week. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes I'll do something, I'm like, oh, that's sick. And then it will come up in writing later on. I'll be like, oh, remember that fill? Remember that raw dog fill that I did? Yeah, I, th- I think sometimes I, you just need to be on stage. You need to be in front of people to have that pressure. I've, I feel like that's what it is. With people looking at me, then I my body panics and I have to come up with something and that's normally how I get the best stuff. The little the synapses fire together. Like we've got to get yeah. out of the situation by making a joke. That's, and that's why sick. That's why online gigs are never going to help me because if... If I'm on stage and there's people there, there's no way I can get out of it other than coming up with something. An online gig, I could just shut my laptop. I'm still shook about you telling me the online gig situation. Like, <laughs> the concept of that is so Orwellian, <laughs> just horrible. But I'm kind uh, of. We did, um, we did Mock the Week the other day. We recorded Mock the Week on Tuesday. And. Now, in, in this lockdown, you're not allowed a studio audience. Before, we could have 100 people in the studio audience socially distanced with masks and an audience on Zoom. But we weren't allowed a studio audience this time, so it's just a Zoom audience. So we recorded it as normal in the studio, but in front of two massive screens with hundreds of people on Zoom. Was that good? It was all right, actually. They kind of, you know, I think they all wanted to be there, so they were up for, they were up for the show, but... There is, it's, there's a weird gap in between you telling a joke and them laughing. So Mock the Week's a nerve-wracking show to do anyway uh, because you're in front of a lot of people and you're in front of your peers and you want it to go well and they're filming it. Um, so, and it's all new material. So you know, you've never said most of this stuff before. And, um, and with the Zoom, you're, you're like, sail a joke out there and then there's a literal gap, like a gap. We're waiting for a fill. And, oh my god! And then if it lands, it lands. But if it doesn't land, you're like, oh, please, please it's tell like me that everyone's muted shot. themselves. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're fucking yeah. like driving a joke with a driver at the beginning. It's like I do tend to. Scream, oh, I'm in the rough. I do Fuck. tend to scream four after all of my jokes anyway. <laughs> I actually have. This is uh, I my 2020. Is it 2020? It's 2020. I'm fucking. My brain's dead. My 2020 New Year's resolution, right, was because I have in my phone, in my notes folder, I have a small stand-up routine. Yeah. And it was my 2020 fucking New Year's resolution that I was going to go and do an open mic night and not tell anyone, just to just do it. Yeah. And to see what it was like. And then the world exploded and I can't Yeah, you want to hold, hold on to it. But yeah, I'd wait until the gigs are back to normal because uh, I can't think of anything worse than doing your first gig at a COVID safe <laughs> environment. COVID safe. And uh, it's also, I need to do it secretly because some of it's really treading the line of being okay to say <laughs> the stuff. Right. So it's like, it's really on there, but yeah. it's, I'm like, I, I think it's fine, but there's only one way to know, which yeah. is to go in. Exactly. There's nothing insane. I'm not being racist or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, my new stand-up special. Um, no. Um, so, how many podcasts are you doing right now? So we got Off Menu, which is the, the food one. Uh, then explain explain off menu. Yeah, sorry if, there, if you've not there heard will be, it. Um, I know it's the biggest fucking podcast in the world, or whatever it is. But there will be metal people with long hair who only know Bill Bailey listening to this. 
Right. Well, we've not had Bill Bailey on, unfortunately. Um, he's on our hit list. Um, so it's a food podcast, myself and James Acaster, and we interview a special guest about their dream meal, essentially. We say it's in a dream restaurant and that James is a genie waiter, uh, and we take them through their dream meal. So it's still a sparkling water, poppadoms or bread, starter, main, side, dessert, drink. And we just chat around that, and it's and dumb. It's dumb as hell. There's it's so, very funny. It's a very silly podcast, but it's also we like talking about food, so we're quite serious about about the food side of things, but also very silly. And I love doing it, so I do that. And you get you get free food because of it. I've seen on Mate, your Instagram. It's ridiculous. I never thought I, I'd be that guy, but it's amazing. I love it. Like look, I get offered other stuff I don't like, and I don't I don't take that. But with the food, I'm completely shameless because I fucking love it and I'm going to put up pictures of it and I'm going to eat it. And it's, it's, I've basically manipulated myself into my dream career. I'm exactly the same, but it's like, oh, I get, I get drum stuff for free, which is, you know, by now I should be getting it for free. Yeah. But when, when a brewery is like, oh, we want to send you some beers, I'm like, yeah. absolutely, you yeah. can do that. And I will <laughs> drink it on the podcast, Signature Brew, Signature Brew London. I will drink it on the podcast. And everyone will have a nice time. And I'll post it on my Instagram. You know what? I'll post it as if I haven't got it for free. So it it looks like I've paid my own money for it. So these people go, well, he's paying his own money for it. I'll do it. I'm very careful about that. I don't don't do that. I'll make sure I say if it's a gift or not. Um, Oh, have I just just fucked myself? Am I not allowed to say that? (laughs) But also, I I will post stuff I do pay for as well, just because I like showing people what food I'm eating. Just yeah, I get, just I get excited. Oh, there there are rules about paid, paid. Yeah, I'm not getting paid. Don't get paid in beer. Stop yeah, fucking exactly. trying to get look, me in trouble. Look, 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 we just look, met. You keep, keep having your signature brew. You're all right. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's a fucking get that on the fucking. I'll have another crate, please, guys. I like the sustain <laughs> one. The passion fruit IPA was it was gorgeous. Um, so you got off menu. It's very yes. funny. You've had Sam Carter's been on it. This is what I wanted to ask you. Do you approach the guests or do they approach you now? It's normally... So it's a mix. So it, it's normally us approaching them. Uh, but then some... So sometimes it comes through PRs uh, when people are promoting things. Uh, sometimes it's mates. Sometimes it's mate, mates of mates. It's like... It's a whole big mix-up of, uh, of how we get people. At the moment, there's just a lot. It's a lot of through PRs. Uh, and so you... Listeners of this will. Uh, Sam Carter's been on there. Corey yes. Taylor's been on there. Corey Taylor. Any been other? On there, yeah. I obviously Sam. You knew each other before. Corey. Well, we did kind he of ask? didn't. We kind of didn't know Sam before. Like I think uh-huh. I got chatting to Sam. Obviously, like I'm an Architects fan anyway, but I got chatting to Sam because he was a, he messaged me about the podcast because he's a listener and he'd done my friend Joel Domit's podcast as well. Uh, and yeah, we just thought it'd be a good shout, so we got him on. But um, and the first time I met him properly was doing the doing the podcast record. Oh. And Corey so obviously then... came through a PR uh, situation. We were trying to get him for ages because I'm a massive Slipknot fan. Um, and when they were over in January, we nearly got him, but then the schedule didn't work out. So we just we did it in, on Zoom in the end. But uh, yeah. I'm glad the schedule didn't work out because to apologise, they let us go to the uh, the Slipknot recording uh, made a veil. Uh, I was also was... there. Were you? I was there. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean, what a day that was. 
who were you there with? I was there with my friend Kieran, uh, our producer, the Great Benito, and our producer, the Great Benito's friend Guy. Neither of whom uh, know really about Slipknot or are into right. metal, and were just stood there like two tourists, absolutely baffled by the whole thing. As clown was, was in, clown was in front of them, like thrashing about, and it was making me laugh so much because. The Great Benito is not a metal fan, but it was so funny to see. Clown came up to me. You can see it on the BBC fucking live thing. Yeah. Came up to me and went literally directly in my face while he was doing the thing. And I met Clown yeah. over the last three or four days because I was on the Slipknot bus for a bit because my friend V-Man plays bass. And uh, I'd met him a few days earlier. So we were on like speaking terms, but then he isolated me in that hole when he was in the crowd situation. I didn't know what to say. I said, and you can see me on the fucking camera. Just, I just went, all right, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Why all clown is going absolutely fucking mental in fucking wait and bleed or whatever it was. I just went, all right, mate. mate. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, clown, if you're listening, you probably are actually, because it's not first. Whoops. You got black makeup all over a very nice, reverse weave champion hoodie that I have <laughs> that and now I am not as rich as you and it cost it cost nearly 90 pounds that hoodie and now it's ruined with clown makeup Most is it ruined though like, or is it or is it more unique uh, well it's not unique if I'm fucking walking a dog and someone's like that guy's fallen over <laughs> I, <laughs> I, fallen over. And I unless I have a sign that says clown from Slipknot did this I went to a Slipknot signing in 2000 uh, at Virgin Megastore uh, and, and you're a day uh, one maggot oh yeah totally and and uh, Paul signed my arm uh, and uh, then I had to wash it off for PE two days later and I was devastated oh fucking hell imagine how much that, imagine how much that arm would be worth now right <laughs> fucking, fucking mental um, well I'm I don't want to talk more about Slipknot because I imagine we're going to talk about Slipknot later on. You've got the one podcast off menu. It's very funny. Everyone should listen. You get, oh, this is what I wanted to ask you about that. Who, did you ask for David Cross or did, did, was that PR? No, so that worked out really nicely actually. So uh, we were in America. We went to America to record episodes. We just thought we'll get as many people as we can. And we put out, you know, requests, requests to loads of agents. Uh, and some of them got back to us, some of them didn't. But our producer uh, used to work for Time Out. He used to do the comedy pages on Time Out. Um, and he had people's emails from that when he interviewed them. And he just sent loads of emails out on the off chance. And that's how we got David Cross and uh, Susie Asman uh, just replied to him saying like, hey, Ben, yeah, sure, absolutely, I'll come and do it. And he was just super cool, just rocked up and did it. It was great. I love David Cross. The uh, Arrested Development, obviously, Tobias, but fucking... Do you ever watch Tim and Eric? Uh, now and again, I kind of I've not delved into Tim and Eric enough. I don't think there's like two sketches with David Cross in it. One where he's like a cat painter, yeah, and another one where he's like a pizza boy in a porno, and it's just so it's like anti comedy, just yeah. not funny. So not funny that it's funny. But no, no he's he's imagine. amazing. We were very happy to get him. Yeah, a big fan. So good. So off menus, your main podcast gig. But then you sure. got ra- you got radio gig. Yeah, I do. I and do. You got lifers. Yeah, so I do a show on Radio X with Matthew Crosby on Sunday mornings on Radio X, eight till eleven a.m., which is too early, uh, and they podcast oh. that uh, as well. So 
that I would say that is a podcast, but the main gig is doing is doing the show on Sunday mornings, and then they edit it and put it out. Um, and then Lifers, which is eight episodes, eight episodes, a Spotify exclusive podcast where I interview uh, sort of bands who are still going but never hit it massive is the majority of the bands that's the sort of story we're just delving into the stories and then also a couple of episodes with newer bands and how they're sort of facing up to a a career in music now things have changed quite a lot so it's just an interview series with bands that I like or people with interesting stories some of whom I hadn't really heard of you had the guy from Diamond Head on it yeah yeah we did he was great he's like I always just feel for him, like what he must think watching Metallica. Obviously, I haven't actually listened to that podcast episode. I imagine he goes into it, but just watching Metallica, just he is the, the most fan in the fucking world. He is the most positive man I've ever met in my life. Um, I think he's got a love. I think he's genuinely got a lovely life. And I, I went into it thinking I'm going to get that story. I'm going to get him being sad, being gutted, being I'm gutted. Mini Dave Mustaine story. Yeah, but then you find out. He's very happy. He's got loads of pets and a lovely wife, uh, and Metallica pay him royalties. So. What, what pets? S- snakes? Has he got snakes? He's got like cats and stuff. In fact, that was weird. Like, we went to a lot of metal musicians' houses, and most of them had a cat or a dog. I'm currently in the presence of a miniature chihuahua called Pamela Anderson. <laughs> who is behind the radiator there, and then three three cats, one of which, Pepper, was initially trained to actually shit into the toilet. There's like a <laughs> device that you can get to help the cats, Amazing. and they use it as a litter tray. But she's, at some point, not, not the brightest, she has just taken that to mean any sort of enamel porcelain area so what will happen on the daily is she will just shit in the bath like a huge big (laughs) uh, as they say up here a huge big honking jobby just (laughs) just in the bath sometimes no cat litter and she's like she's almost like she's like a mad woman like because she does it and then she scratches around as if there's litter there but she's just scratching air with this shit in the bathtub i feel like that's your fault for trying to train her to shit in the toilet though I will not take the credit for that. That was actually my girlfriend. But <laughs> if it had worked, fantastic. Something went in. The, yeah. the shit on white areas only went in, but not quite, not quite that. Um, on so you had Brady from Conjurer on Lifers as well. Yes, right? yeah, we that? did. Unbelievable band. Yeah, incredible. I'm looking. I'm. I'm. Can't wait for their next album. He's sort of banging on about it online quite a lot, but who knows what they're going to do with it? Um, but no, I'm a. Hu- I'm a huge fan of that band. Uh, I mean, he will absolutely hang me from the rafters for ex- expressing a genuine feeling about them because he is an online troll, as I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, but they are. Yeah, that was great. That was great that we got. To, we got to go to Nottingham, I think it was, to record that interview and then watch some sound check and do a gig and stuff it was uh yeah it was a lot of fun so we had them on and we had uh we had jamila from ithaca as well with the sort of newer bands we we had on nice i conjurer honestly were the only r i guess r Nah, there's been a few since then but at the time when conjurer like came out when that album came out i was like this is the best small band on planet earth yeah. right now yeah. And then I tried to manage them, and they were cu- they were currently managed by someone else. Then they lost them, and I was like, I've never really, I've sort of self managed my own bands back in the day, 
self-manage obviously podcasts and clothing and whatever. So I was like, I'll, I'll never manage a band, even though I think arguably I'll be reasonably good at it. I'll never manage a band until it's a band that I hear and I go, I need to manage that band. Yeah. And it was, it was Conjurer and we were talking for a while and I was helping them out for a while. And then they made one decision behind my back and I fucking threw my toys out the pram. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, fine. Fuck it. You don't want to do this? Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and I don't regret it. Cause I think that they will, I think they're still self-managing now. And I think, they will get the right manager and they will be Brady's, fucking Brady's a proper like businessman as well though. Like he's so he's so across it. I think he's uh Oh Definitely. I never expected to see like spreadsheets and stuff when I started doing that podcast, but he he is on it. Yeah. And they they also they blur the line between music and comedy quite well, which is what I love. We try and do it with Stray as well, which is like the music is so serious, but then off the stage we're the absolute, it's not like a gimmick or whatever, but off the stage we are just the opposite. The music is there and that is what that is for. But if I want to make a funny tweet or tell a story about how I did some drugs and put stuff up my own arse, then that shouldn't be... Yeah, no, I, can, I I completely agree. I've got like, like yeah, their their Twitter account's very funny. Old Man Gloom are very funny on Facebook, and it's like it doesn't take away from the seriousness of the music at all. You don't you don't have to be sort of like a poe face Norwegian black metal band. You can you can have fun off stage. Like and Kundra will do things like they play Carly Rae Jepsen as their pre pre show warm up music, and then just rip it yeah. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Smash Mouth T-shirt they did? No. That's that's honestly what made me think. Oh, I'm going to check out this band. Honestly, I hadn't heard the band, and then I saw they just had a T-shirt with the guy from the yeah. All Stars Smash Mouth video, and it just a conjurer. It was a photo of him, and then on the back it said, "And the riffs start coming, and they don't stop coming." And it just said that over and over again, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, like because you know the meme of it just yeah. the, the song just going on. And I was like, I'm going to check this band out, and I put it on. I was like, Oh my fucking god, they're so good and funny. That's all I ask from yeah. every single person in fucking in the world: just be funny and be good, or be nice. I'll take nice at a fucking be decent, third decent. place. Be decent. be decent human, but I would much rather you were the first two than the yeah. third one. <laughs> I think we can start talking about metal now. Let's do it. I think we can get the get the fuck right in there. Um, this is always when I get slightly scared because I do like metal and I talk about it publicly a lot. And then people ask me about it and my brain empties and I suddenly go, everyone's uh, going fr- to think I'm a fraud, Craig. No, I don't want that to be the vibe. You've I asked me to, you've asked me to come up with metal. my top top five bands. I asked you that because it's a thing that happens on the podcast. And if I'd have asked you on the spot, you would have been more annoyed. Yeah. And what cool. I'm not going to do is go, well, did you hear the seven inch? Uh, right, if you okay. haven't got the seven inch, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. That's deliberately why some of the t-shirts for the podcast are bands that I know everyone. They're like, 
influenced by bands that I know everyone wants to pretend that they like. Right. But they don't actually like, so they don't buy the T-shirt. The braver ones buy the T-shirt, and then people go, ah, death. Ah, so do you like Scream Bloody Gore or Leprosy more? And then the person goes, ah. <laughs> so what I did was I'd do a death-style logo, but for a podcast. So if someone goes, ah, death. Like, cool. Do you like the – do you like the – and it's actually a podcast – so it's a podcast. I don't know the band you're talking about. It's a podcast, but they know. It's actually good marketing. It's all it's all marketing. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy. Um, okay. I tell you what. Side note: before we go into the metal thing, mm. there's no. This is a. I'm having a lovely time. I hope you're having a lovely time. I'm having, you're a, having lovely a lovely time. time. Yeah, of course. Good. But side note: uh, a strange amount of synchronicity. Last night I was watching. Man Down, which I've never watched before. Yep. And there was a man in it, and I went, I'm pretty sure that's the man that's on the podcast tomorrow. Yeah, I did. Which which episode were you watching? Because I've I've been in I've been in it twice playing. You were two. Peter. 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 So that's the more recent one. That was the one with more lines, and I had a giant beard. Uh, yeah. Because I wrote I wrote on that series, so I wrote on I did, series. Yeah, three I noticed and four. that as well. Yeah. Um, so that I wrote that episode. Uh, so the, that character I had written, and then just at the last minute, Greg Davis, it's his sitcom, changed the character to have a very high voice and a big beard, just to fuck me over. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it made the character better, I think. It was fucking ridiculous, that that show. Oh, yeah, it was really funny, but what are the fucking odds? That's the first time I watched yeah. it, was la- last night, and yeah. I went... I didn't want to be like the guy that in front of my girlfriend was like doing a podcast with that guy tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I, I am DB'd it and I was like, it is him. And I was like, that's how fucking strange. Did she say, did do you mean Greg, Greg Davis? He's really famous. Go, no, the guy in the beard with four lines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is what happened. No. Um, how did that come about? Did you get asked to do it or? Yeah. So I've known Greg for years, uh, ever since I started doing comedy really. And I, uh, ended up supporting him on tour. So I supported him on two national tours. Uh, and then we just mates. So when he was putting together the show and he wanted some other writers on it, uh, he, you know, he had me and uh, a guy called Steve Morrison, another guy called Mike Wozniak, uh, had us on to write. And we just spent a few months sort of round at his flat, writing, writing it, coming up with ideas, pitching ideas, writing scripts. It was fun. It was really funny. And he is really funny. Yeah, he's like, great. He's one of the best. Um, I'll tell you what, I will throw you. I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Go on. Because I gave, I gave you the heads up. What's your top five comedians? Ah, oh, top five comedians. Greg's probably in there, actually. Um, no, it's, it's interesting because it's sort of a similar question in that my... Are you panicking now? Are you panicking? No, I'm not panicking, panicking. But the front of my brain goes to... I think comedians will try and give like slightly more obscure comedians or American oh, they're, comedians. they're always like oh tommy tommy cooper yeah tommy, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, or, tommy cooper yeah or yeah cool Come Ameri- on tommy cooper cool american comedians whereas i'd imagine like it's the same if you ask musicians their favorite bands they're desperately trying to search for the most obscure fucking oh yeah band there's one I, I mean i love like niall but also elvis <laughs> so yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean but Greg Greg Davis is probably in there as one of one of my favourite comedians. Patton Oswalt as well uh, is absolutely incredible. Um, I watch I do watch less and less stand up. The more the more I got into doing stand up, the the less of it I watched. 
Um, I, I can say this because I don't have a career in stand-up, but you know what I fucking hate about stand-up right now? And I, I, can, Go on. I can say this apropos of nothing um, is the fucking, the like, sh- shocking people, but with just, just quite hateful stuff. Yeah. Which is just guaranteed to get a rise from one side. Yeah. It's like, well, I know that 50% of America is going to enjoy me if I take the piss out of a man, what I think is a man in a dress. Do you know what, that, that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. that's going that's, around right now. It's a real, so just a real thing at the moment. Um, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of that sort of thing. Whereas all the, all the people that those acts love are really good. So all of the sort of the original guys who are doing sort of shocking material, they've copied them, but forgotten to include all of the good writing and uh, the, the thought that goes into it. So the satirical like, aspect of it. Yeah. Like this is a character yeah. I'm making. You see the bigger picture. So people like, like so someone like Doug Stanhope, who I ab- absolutely love, who would be considered a shock comic. You're missing the point if you, absolutely because the only the joke is on him all of the time because he's a fucking mess uh and he's thought everything through uh and he might be doing it to get a rise out of people but he has thought through the logic and if it sort of loops back on him more often than not same with bill burr i think people just get the wrong thing from them they hear the sort of frontline shocking thing and they're like oh i can do that i'll go make a pedo joke and it's just pathetic yeah the the bill burr there's always subtle things before and after the joke which makes you go well i know what this guy really thinks about this yeah and then the joke's in there and it's like yeah. okay i get it yeah and also the a lot of the time it, it's yeah it's like a thought exercise with bill burr he'll pick something shocking and then try to argue his way around to that even though he doesn't believe it in as funny a way as possible also a drummer and he is on my hit list and i'm just waiting he's a drummer and we were at the same Sugar show in la and yeah that was a weird uh, moment where he started tweeting about Mashuga because i was there yeah oh amazing he's like he's a drummer he went to that show with i believe it was danny carey from tool and dave elich which who was from the mars volta and it was just those two just bowling around <laughs> watching Mashuga. and he'd never even heard Mashuga before and he was like fucking freaking out yeah yeah. Wish I was there. He's on my hit list. Anyway, you give me fucking three comedians. Give me two more. I don't really care about this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Your face I there. I felt bad. We no, don't want to fuck it off. It's just not, a lot it's not of, written a lot in of the my, A lot of my favourite comedians are also my friends, which is annoying, um, but is also quite good for my career because it really makes me work harder. When when your friends are really talented oh, yeah. and work really hard, then you're like, oh god, I guess I better as well. Then I want to keep hanging out with them. Exactly uh, <laughs> the same in music. Exactly the same. Oh, your so, new album's really good. Fuck's sake! That means I have to try. <laughs> so like J- James Acaster and Nish Kumar, who are two of my best mates, um, are two of also, also two of my favourite comedians, and I will watch anything that they do. Um, but yeah, also I feel like I need to keep working to try and keep up with them in some sense. Also financially, I want to keep having dinners with them and stuff. So. I've got to keep doing the level nice. of work they are. <laughs> nice. Okay, metal. Metal time. It's time to get fucking metally. But the thing okay. is, what I've learned is no one, you know, it's quite quite a successful podcast. We've got between 20 and 40,000 monthly listeners, individual people. And what I've learned 
no one gives a fuck about anything. They just want to hear a chat. So don't yeah, yeah, think that you have to be like... Oh, no, don't you worry. You have to know the fucking bassist's fucking... Oh, the bassist <laughs> actually lost his finger in a skiing accident uh, before they made that EP. No one cares. Do you know what? The bit in this podcast where we made the analogy between writing stand-up and writing music, now yeah. everything else is just free. The raw dog bit. The, yeah, this is this is the sheath is off. <laughs> what is your top five bands of all time? Do you need them in Go order? Slowly, if you can give me it. Oh, in I, don't, order. I, I don't know if I can give you it in order, but I was okay, just no. you, if that's do you not have part a number it, one? Yeah, Clutch. Clutch. Yeah, that always surprises people. But also, I bang on about them a lot. They're the best fucking band in the world, and every, every other band that I love, I understand why they're not like pop pop star big clutch i think everyone everyone should love and i don't understand why they're not the biggest band in the world i mean i don't not love them drummer i think john paul gaster i think his name yeah. is fucking unbelievable unbelievable yeah. groove the band is really groovy they're not so scary that they couldn't be incredibly massive but you're yeah. right. They're, they're very just... understated. They just they sort of shuffle on, and if it's the first time you're seeing them, you think you think the roadies are on doing the sound check, and the band haven't arrived. Oh, yet. they're big roadie energy from every yeah. single one of them. Uh, yeah, because they've got you know they wear like combat trousers and they've got their keys on <laughs> on carabiners. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they are not wearing masks right now and they they may be protesting their right to not wear masks but they're not they're not those guys you know but they're, they're not, not those guys, guys. i they know look they're like not those they guys. could be those guys but they look yeah they look very much like their are uh, bumper stickers on their truck suggesting not to speak to them sure yeah yeah i i think what i i mean by the way i was i'm totally ashamed of this i've tried to come up with my top 5 bands they're all american and they're all men and I think that's shameful. And look, I fucking love British music, but and I love a lot of new British metal as well. But what I've gone for in my top five is sort of more of a legacy and consistency. I feel like you're in the genre of mostly American men anyway. Sure. So in terms of a percentage, I feel like you're fine. All right, okay. But I'm now intrigued. Is number two going to be... I'm not going to go numbers. El- Elvis, after everything I said. Okay, I'm right. Not... What's, your, what's your number one clutch album? And you know what? I'm going to go listen to it because I've never listened to one the whole way through. Oh, Blast Tyrant. Easy. How old is this album? Uh, 2005, I think. Nice. Or maybe it's, maybe it's later oh. than that. But I, all the later clutch stuff I really like. So I, I like the early stuff, the more hardcore stuff, but um, it's the later, more bluesy, uh, sort of funky stuff that I'm into. I'm really taken back by this. Oh, do you know what I once saw? I think that the first time I knew that you liked metal, I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been Kerrang! was like a Ed Gamble's top 10 albums of the year or something yeah. like that. And I was like, and it... I was like, okay, well, that's the guy from the TV. I'll have a look at this. And then it had Cult of Luna on it. And oh, yeah, like, the, with the Julie Christmas album. Mate, that album is fucking... Cult of Luna, I reckon, if I've got a top five bands, Cult of Luna is six or seven. Like, they're so nearly in the top five. 
I don't think I listen. I have listened to a lot. I have listened to it, but I've not sort of delved into the rest of their back catalogs as much as I should have done. But that the Mariner album is just perfect. Like that is stunning, um, unbelievable. See, um, she could have been in there. Yeah, sorry, Julie. In your in your male dominated American, Ed Gamble <laughs> supports only US male music. Anyway, sorry. Give me another band. Well, we've talked about Slipknot, but Slipknot are a band I can't, I've never stopped listening to since since they came out with that first album. You're listening to the Downbeat Podcast on Modfest.com. <laughs> I was contacted in advance and told I had to say this, unfortunately. <laughs> right, so, what's your favourite Slip... Oh, I've got to be careful now, because I can't really... Can't really shit talk Slipknot, which not that I would. You can't. You, um, you wouldn't want to shit talk Slipknot, but we can. We can talk about our favourites, right? That's not shit talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Um, the first album means the most to me because that was when I was just getting into music, and I was so obsessed with it. I found the mini disc of that that I'd I'd ripped it onto mini disc at, uh, at my mum's house, and I'd written I'd written Slipknot Slipknot album of ninety nine. Oh yeah. Oi. Side note. What. An excellent format that just didn't take off. Yeah, mini disc. Well, they, they were st- perfect. Text, text in theaters still like mini disc because there's no. Uh, so they'll still use mini disc in in, in theaters uh, because there's there's something to do with no gap when you skip a track. So when you go onto yeah. a track, there's with CDs and uh, and MP3s and everything. There's a little gap and then it starts. But with mini di- mini disc, there's no lag. It just plays straight away. So for sound what? cues, apparently they're perfect. Interesting. Is it? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Big swing on the word interesting there. <laughs> okay, so the first one means the most. Yeah. But, but it isn't your favourite. Mm, it's the, my, Sentimentally, it's my favourite. Musically, Iowa is my favourite. It's the same for me. Exactly yeah. the same. I, I feel like I want to say self-titled is my favourite, but Iowa gets the most listens. And third favourite was the one from last year. Is it? I think it's amazing. I've not put that down since it came out. I think it's incredible. It, it, I mean, it is it is very good, but that's that shocked me. And I guess that's probably what... I mean, Slipknot would be happy with that, wouldn't they? If everyone on Earth was like... Well, the first two are my favourites, and then because you know they're the fucking best, and then the, my third favourite is actually a newest one. Yeah. I would be if I was the artist, I'd be like, "That's actually exactly what I was going for." I was going for. I made bangers when I came out, and now I have continued to make bangers, and the rest of it was fine. It is impressive, though, if you're that successful and you're still making a really good album. You you don't need to, do you? You just need to sort of get two really good tracks to whack into the live set and then but to do a whole album of them i thought was really impressive love them i think um um ne- neo forte nero forte yes what nero forte uh, yeah very heavy song wasn't it yeah very heavy song well well done well done em- lads. employers <laughs> employers well <laughs> um how many times do you reckon you've seen slipknot and hang on how not, old not that many and how, how old am i yeah, that's two separate I'm questions thir- again. I'm Sorry. 34. So we are the same. I'm 33. So I don't think I've seen it. them that many that many times because I got into metal, and then I've obviously always been into metal. But then when I started comedy, I basically had to 
stop going to gigs because I was trying to work every night. Uh, and when I was at uni, no one else liked the same music as I did. I would have to, I would have to convince mates to come to gigs with me, and I wouldn't really go by myself. So I can want. Uh, no Grebos at your. No Grebos at your uni. Just certainly you. not that I was hanging out with. Just uh, Greb Greb Gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I convinced two mates to come and see Dragon Force with me, and then they refused to come to see anything else with me. After yeah, but that. that's fucking understandable. Jesus Christ! Come on, Do you want to come and see the music from Game Boys sped up on guitars? Look, I, I we we yet to talk about my two years in the wilderness of power metal, but they happened. I mean, I, I am, I'm half kidding. The fucking, the guy from Herman Lee from yeah. uh, Dragon Force absolutely clears up on Twitch right now. He's yeah, I like, bet he does. The, the amount, like, I even saw it yesterday, he was just doing like some impromptu fucking shred thing. 3,000 fucking viewers. I can only imagine how many subscribers that he yeah. has. That is... Yeah. That is sailing through the pandemic. Oh, lockdown. Oh, it doesn't matter. I made fucking 10 grand from just playing the guitar. Really good. Like a fucking Game Boy. Almost unlistenably fast. I, look, I will go back to that first Dragon Force album now and again. That's the less Game Boy stuff. That's um, the the Fire and the Flames song. Is that on that one? No, that's the, I think that's the second one. Um, that's Game Boy to me that's Game Boy that's, get, that's getting Game Boy I'm not right. saying they're a bad band I'm saying look, they're not in my top five to it, look I enjoy, I I enjoy I their work an audio some sort of like seizure from just amount of notes happening anyway we, we talked about Dragon Force we've established they're not one of your no. favourite bands I just, did you I'm have the to... Slipknot VHS? Did you buy that? Remember the fucking Welcome to yeah. Our Neighbourhood VHS? Yeah, I had that. Yeah, I had I had all that all stuff. That. Yeah. Did you buy the album based on what they looked like? Because I fucking did, and I'm not afraid to say it. I was in a shop, Sound Machine Reading, shout out Sound Machine Reading, and I went, wow, that is a clown, and the other man has spikes. <laughs> I've got I think to I buy read it. A review. I think I read a review... But also, I was probably totally taken in by the by the masks and the jumpsuit. I definitely did try and get a boiler suit after after that album came out as well. Remember when they changed to white? It was like it was like <laughs> a pa- you know it was like the first real thing after Power Rangers. Like you were old, too old for Power Rangers when yeah. Power Rangers in- introduced the Green Ranger, and it was like whoa, fuck. Then you you had nothing like that in your in your life from about eight to 13 and then slipknot changing suit color i got a bit of whatever dopamine <laughs> the green the, the green ranger dopamine yeah. really like it's this hang on that's the same but different what that's exactly Slip, the same slipknot but it's evolution. different <laughs> that was uh that was big for me um now i was just so i was just thinking of bands that are consistent and always release bangers you don't, you don't have to well, no, this is this is what I was trying to define what my favourite bands do, or you know. So, High on Fire are the next one. You love a riff, riff I monster gamble. Riff. That sums up what I like, though, is just fucking riffs. High on Fire, yeah, fucking. What, what's your favourite? Snakes, Snakes to the Divine. No, I think it's. Again, this might, I don't know if it's a controversial choice. I can't even say the album title. The De Vermis Mysteries. What? How old is that? I'm not massively... It's a fairly recent. You're, you're making me look bad. 
Let me have a look. I just know those first it. two. It's un, it's, I haven't even unwrapped it. That's how much it's my favourite High on Fire album. <laughs> that, that cover. Ooh, delightful artwork. Yeah, it's really good artwork. It's a tattoo artist called Tim Lay. He did the did the artwork. Um, I sort of fell off from High on Fire. I I bought the first two based on Matt Pike just being a riff legend. Yeah, and then I don't know what happened. I just fell off. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you should, I mean, there's there's no bad High on Fire albums. They're all they're you all are, really good. You are like like there's there's you know oh there's a rumor Bill Bailey likes Opeth, but then there's Ed Gamble loves High on Fire. <laughs> like that's like you are legit. You you have well. There's just, there's only one other comedian who has the same taste in music as me. Do you know Rob Delaney? Uh, who... I think I saw him wearing a Wolves in the Throne Room t-shirt at a, like a maybe a Night at the Apollo or opening for someone or something. Yeah. And I was like, that guy has a Wolves in the Throne Room. Yeah, uh, at this point, they were obscure black metal. Yeah, he fucking loves riffs as well. So he's a. I've seen him at a High and Fire show, um, and uh, yeah, he loves. I mean, I'm just trying to work out who the next band would be. I. I don't, I've never stopped listening to Rage Against the Machine, so and it all, it always sounds fresh every time I listen to it. So they've they've got to be in there. It's unbelievable how much that first album stands up. Yeah, I mean our band, our band, we get it all the time because it's all of our biggest influence. Oh, your band sounds like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> well, they're fucking good. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're not. We're not. It's not like we're stealing it. We're just heavily influenced. <laughs> and it's because our guitarist makes the fucking mad noises, so everyone goes right. Uh, excuse me. Guitars aren't. Guitars are either supposed to sound like Game Boy noise, like Dragon Force, or they're supposed to sound like riffs, like Iron Fire. You can't do that middle thing, or else you're Rage Against the Machine. But yeah, I think they've got they've got to be in there. Really, it feels like a boring band to put in there because they are so good. You know, it's not. It doesn't feel like an interesting choice saying Slipknot and Rage Against the Machine, but they're both really good. Um, I don't think we could spice it up if you want. You want to say one of their albums is shit, but mm, it's not. So it's you can't. Not. That's just a be, problem, isn't it? Be throwing it in. But the only reason I nearly didn't put Rage in is because they've. I don't think they've released enough albums. That's fine, though, and sometimes that's better. Yeah, it is, but then I sort of want them to release another one to prove that they didn't just have loads of flukes. <laughs> well, I, I need I mean, that consistency. By this point this year, they, would have, they, they were supposed to have reformed, weren't they? And supposed to have played yeah. many gigs. Yeah. Um, the, the whole, did you, did you see them as Rage? Uh, yeah, but uh, only do a festival set. So I saw them at Leeds Festival in... I guess 2000, I think. 2000 when they, before they broke up. Yeah, literally it was like, it was about two gigs before they broke up, I think. I think they did Leeds, Reading and then broke up. I was lucky enough to see them when they got back together, I think 2005 or 2006 Mm -hmm. maybe, Reading Festival. And then I saw, we played a load of festivals that Profits played as well. And as much as it was like, nearly Rage Against the Machine. It was, I don't want to put you on the spot here, if, if anyone's listening who's ever done the party drug bath salts, it's almost like 
nearly getting there on a real drug and you, you quite nearly get there but not quite there and that's what right. of rage is i yeah. so i've heard so yeah, i've heard know. someone i know told me that. <laughs> you need zach right uh yeah exactly and there was like there was just uh, there was just sections where i was like this is sick but if zach was here i wouldn't be here i would be yeah. fucking upside down in the middle of the pit yeah i mean yeah I'd be, i i absolutely love them i i hope they come back and do do all the festivals they were supposed to do an album do a fucking album there's no yeah. way you could put you could put zach over a zanussi washing machine and it would sound fucking fantastic yeah. i would be i would be fucking moshing because i nearly i need like I nearly said System of a Down as well in this because they mean a huge amount to me and they, with Slipknot, were one of the bands that I properly got into when I started really enjoying music. But then then they've kind of... They've not released music for ages, apart. but then they released two songs this year and those are really good. So now I want an album. Yeah, my thing was... I think when I was a kid, System of a Down really really got me like into and rage against the machine got me into the political side of music and the using music as a protest device yeah and it really influenced me and the first album and toxicity i was like unbelievable and then now i'm a little bit like you know the the drummer came out with that fucking yeah. anti blm stuff and i was like well, pro-Trump. I mean, who would have thought yeah. a member could of System just, of a Down being pro-Trump? Like, could you have just not said that? That's what, yeah. like, they should have just fucking had a little band meeting and he'd been like, guys, I believe, by the way, I think this is happening. Well, this top five bands would have been a lot easier, but System of a Down probably edged out because of those comments as well. But then also, I could have easily, it like five years ago, if you'd asked me, Pantera and Down would have been in there. But I feel bad about doing that now. Oh, yeah, completely fucking... And you know what? It fucking just dead to me. Just the minute it happened, I just went, nope, that is a childhood band just removed from yeah. my... And I just can't enjoy it now. And it annoys the fuck out of me because I love Pantera. Yeah. But then I just see what he did and I think there's absolutely no excuse. <laughs> yeah, no, there isn't. And And when he did... Yeah, when he did that... And everyone went, oh, fuck, now we have to acknowledge it. Because it's not like there weren't clues before. But everyone gave him so many passes and yeah. gave Pantera so many. The there. flags, just the fucking <laughs> flags. We were all like, well, maybe they don't know what it means. But then he did yeah. that and we were like, oh, no, we've got to admit this He now. He did that in the fucking, the 2010s. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously you wouldn't get a pass of it ever, but like if it was maybe in the height of the punk movement, like a shock punk move in the 70s, maybe, maybe you would get some kind of a pass. Yeah. But absolutely not on. And like to have like, obviously the thing about it being a joke or whatever, like, hey, not funny. I'm, I'm speaking to a comedian right now. We both agree it's not funny, mate. <laughs> not a funny joke. Um, not a funny joke, but also like that shit has to be in your behind the scenes vocabulary for it to fucking yeah. just ma manifest when you're a bit drunk. 
But all, yeah, yeah, exactly. And also the fact he said it was a joke about because everyone was drinking white wine and then Rob Flynn immediately <laughs> dropped him in the shit and went, no, we weren't. That, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> the fucking mental gymnastics to be like, right, how? Okay. Uh, the white, uh, uh, we were, we were, there was a power button. No, that's not going to Wine! It was the fucking wine. Why? It must have been the wine. Um, yeah, so they're sadly not in there, but that would have been an easy choice for both of them because, you know, the music was incredible. Um, fifth band, really hard. And sort of a toss-up, but more riffs. Do you want some more, more riffs coming your way? Uh, I just want whatever is the answer. I well, don't want... <laughs> I struggled to come up with it, Craig. Baroness Torch or Mastodon? I haven't decided. Oh, please, can we pick Mastodon? Because I can talk to you more about it. Because yes. the other two, I'm okay with them. Torch, actually, one of the most boring bands I've ever seen live. You are mad. They are fucking great live. And only one with two drummers? No. No, that's Kylita. Okay, yeah, so I am talking about Torch. I saw Kylita and Torch on the same tour. Yeah. And I was Sorry, just like, jealous. And it was actually Mastodon, Kylita, Torch. Amazing. And, um, or was it, it was ISIS, not the militant militia group. Yeah. Uh, the band ISIS. Um, Kylisa talks. Anyway, and uh, I was just underwhelmed. But no, I fucking love them live. Because I, 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 you, I can't kind believe of the same with the Clutch. Like, I love that they just smash it out. And they're so loud live as well. Right. I'm not being funny and I'm not putting these bands down or anything. And, but you say you're not very musical. Fucking get a guitar, pop it in drop D. <laughs> Stick a bar. You can make these fucking riffs. Me just completely fucking disregard entire band's careers. You could fucking do that. (laughs) (laughs) But the sort of riffs that you like come from the mind. They don't come from the the prowess. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I like, yeah, sort of more just slamming riffs rather than uh, noodling. Uh, Mastodon. Let's do Mastodon then. All right. Mastodon. Easy. Okay, so now we're going to go, this is like a sub-level. This is what I like to do the top fives with because then if there's a band that we both really like, I mean, obviously I really like the other bands, but we can like zone in on a few things. What's your favourite Mastodon album? Hard, isn't it? And can you give me an order to the Mastodon albums? No. I definitely can't do that. <laughs> Flat out. No, no, you can't do that. We're nearing the end now. I can tell, you, I can tell you the ones that... I like less, but that seems like a negative way of doing it. Yeah, it's really not a great way of doing it. Yeah. In fact, there's only <laughs> one I don't... Tell me you like the most. Let's work out from there. The thing is, I'm going to sound like such a basic bitch, but... No, okay, no, I'm not going to say that one. I'll say Blood Mountain. Again, this is... this is. I'm going to start calling you Crucial Ed Gamble, because you are just... You're the kid with the back patches that... I don't want to talk to because I'm scared he'll <laughs> he'll be too cool for me. Blood Mountain's definitely up there, I think. But then the Hunter, like I'll go back to the Hunter a lot. But it is the Hunter is just like the more basic, like fucking slamming metal tracks, right? There's my problem with the Hunter. My, the Hunter's probably I, I love Mastodon. I love every Mastodon album. The Hunter is definitely last for me. Oh really? And it is. Yeah, and it's only because. Um, there are massive riffs on it, but I got into Mastodon on Leviathan. Yeah. And I loved the whole, this is a fucking 
concept album, the whole Moby Dick shit, and then obviously every other album is a concept album. And then The Hunter came out really quick after Crack the Sky. Crack the Sky is one of my favourite albums of all time. Yeah. It's definitely in my top five albums of all time. And then The Hunter came out really quickly afterwards. And I remember thinking, that was really quick to come up with an interesting concept and all the riffs and whatever. And then there was a DVD that came with The Hunter, and the DVD was five minutes long. (laughs) And you put it on, and it was a couple of interviews, and they basically just said, we weren't going to do another album, and then we signed to Roadrunner. And when you sign to a label then they give you the money once you give them the album. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was the undercurrent of what the DVD was. But I still but, really like the album though. So what does the, that say about the me? The songs are amazing. I mean, the thing is it says more about them being able to just fucking make yeah. bangers on demand. Yeah. Like Curl of the Bell, the song The Sparrow, the last tracks may be one of my favorite Mastodon songs. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I don't know, maybe maybe I don't care as much about it now, but I think at the time I was like, that's not my Mastodon. Well, yeah. What book have you read to make this album? <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if if a band releases one of your favourite favorite albums of all time, then the next one's always going to suffer a bit, right? There is an element of that. I was on the Crack the Sky Come Down. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. Leviathan's up All there right. as well. I walked on... Uh, yeah, Leviathan's definitely up there, I think. I walked on stage to Blood and Thunder at my Edinburgh show in 2017, so that's got a special place in my heart. See, even I can play that song on guitar. Yeah. And I don't even play guitar. I just want it, because that riff is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. And, and the little turn around at the end. Who does a lovely, a lovely guest spot on that? Neil Fallon. Is it fucking... Is it? Yeah. And I got to see them do that. So this is the best night of my fucking life was uh, I I did warm-up emceeing for the Golden Gods in 2017, I think, and Mastodon and Clutch were on, and I got to introduce them onto the stage and watch from side of stage and see Neil Fallon guest on Blood and Thunder live. Wow. Did, um, did Behemoth play that one? You, you no, know, they were the year before. Four or the year, year before, before. I went to yeah. one around those times, but I don't yeah. remember who was there. No, it was Clutch, Mastodon, um, Orange Goblin, and uh, Avatar. You were just fucking. You were just fucking jacking off. Yeah, riff fucking <laughs> riff fest. Um, the all of the Mastodon songs that have Scott Kelly from Neurosis mm-hmm. are like my fucking favourites when he just pops up and be half yeah. you're three quarters of the way through the album and he's like and I'm see if like, I was cool I'd say Neurosis wouldn't I that's the sort of band I should have said to to seem cool and you know and I really could have fucked you because I love Neurosis I do really and like Neurosis it is, but it I don't is know one of those ones them. where but people pretend yeah and they're one of those ones that if I wasn't a nice guy that I would be the person that someone's got a Neurosis show and I'd be like ah so are you more into through silver and blood, or and then just fucking yeah? But I'm not that guy. But I've, I would have loved to have had a neurosis chat. Do you like ISIS? Not I do. The militant group. I do. Ed Gamble a... supports ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like ISIS again. I couldn't have an in-depth chat. I've got 
most of their albums and I've got a lot of their you know those live albums they did as well the little the little I'll, ones with the bugs on it yeah. yeah I'll stick those on quite a lot but I couldn't I couldn't like tell you my favourite album or especially with bands like that I just it all melds together so nicely and I'll put an album oh, on and it yeah. just ru- it runs and runs so there's no I'm not going that's my favourite track skip to that it's just pieces of work I was just checking because if you like Neurosis and Mastodon, then obviously Isis yes, is no, the I'm next into, logical step. But if you have previously, you know, delved into Cult of Luna, but maybe not gone deeper, I really recommend the latest one. Fucking Great. unbelievable. Was it this year? Last year. Last year. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, in fact, everything they fucking do. The thing that they do that I love the most is they'll introduce a little a little motif on track one and then 90 minutes later that tiny bit from track one comes back as a massive riff at the end of the album and it's just like i feel like i'm in fucking space anyway that's five bands isn't it you give me five yeah bands. done it done it um, we've done it well, you plugged your podcast yeah done all that i've got a meeting in four minutes we'll be done right yeah, I'm just about to end it now. Could you not? I'm could just you not checking, get that vibe from that. Oh, no. suddenly going to turn around and be like, "So the alphabet, let's go for it." <laughs> right, you got four minutes. This has been fucking lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, send me your fucking file, and <laughs> if you want, will you include merch, that bit on the edit? Look, of, would you include that on the edit, saying, to... "Send me the fucking file"? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That would right, be okay, there. Cool. It'll be other shit. If you want some merch, right? I, we. We do this nice embroidery. It's just Lovely. clothes that you could wear to the club. Yeah. But a little embroidered pentagram. Love it. Um, I'll do you... There's a bunch of it just dropped today. I will Sweet. email you a little code, and you can just put it on the website, and you just get it for free. That'll Thanks be very much. The, the payment. You don't have to have it, but no, it I looks will. like it might be up your street. There's other colours. Yeah, it's a nice colour. Yeah, it's nice sort of salmon. But there's, yeah. there's others. Right. No. Thank you. Enjoy your meeting. I hope it's not a fucking. I hope it's not TSD. And uh, <laughs> no, this has not. been wicked, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers, man. Bye.